All right, so today what I wanted to talk about, and it was actually a little bit because of the question from Kina. Um, it, yeah, so I want to talk about the energetic intelligences and kind of like the seasons, but I think actually more the energetic intelligences. Uh, and really, I've, I have the feeling that a, little, a lot of people are seeing them as something quite abstract. Uh, so when you entrain someone, it's like, oh, let's integrate bio with upper mind. But are you really, really experiencing these layers as something real? Because that's actually what they are. They are literally the forces of creation and they allow a human being to develop through different stages of life. Uh, not just human beings, animals and nature. They have these intelligences as well. Uh, so, yeah, the purpose of today is actually talk about it uh, and talk about each intelligence. So bio, emotion, lower mind, upper mind and soul. See how it expresses itself through the body. What energy does it utilize? And also what happens to a person if there is not enough of that energy. So if there's a bit more of an energy poor state in that specific intelligence. Um, so first, like just a little bit of a, what is an intelligence actually? Uh, I like Lars's description where he's like, if you, we all know about innate intelligence, right? But if you were to shine that through a prism, prism, just like how you were to shine white light to a prism, you get all different colors, right? You get the different colors of the rainbow. And that's kind of how I see the energetic intelligences, you know, the red, yellow or orange, blue, all the way to purple. That's kind of bio, emotion, lower mind, and all the way through to soul. And then you have universal intelligence, which we're not going to talk about today. <laughs> um, but uh, let's start Let's start with bio. And um, bio is, if we were to look at it from a developmental perspective, it's literally from the moment of conception, until you're born, that's when bio develops. And it's literally the, the force that creates life. So each living being on this planet has a life force uh, or a bio-intelligence, even, even a plant, even the smallest, you know, one cellular organism on this planet has a life force because if it's not present, it's the person is dead. So if, you know, it doesn't, is not present, uh, you will be stillborn, basically. And what bio, what the bio intelligence does, it's, its purpose is to create stability in the system. Uh, so, and it requires, to be able to do that, it requires a constant sense of the environment. And it will always try and keep your system stable according to what's happening in your environment. Uh, and what it does actually in the body, so physiologically, it actually organizes your cellular function. So it's, it's, it's part of, you know, or it reorganizes cellular function. Uh, it's, it's involved in energy utilization and production. So, you know, very important function in the mitochondria. Uh, but it also makes sure that, you know, bones, connective tissue, ligaments, red blood cells, and all of that, well, first of all, develop, but also function as optimally as possible. Uh, also the skin, heart, 
uh, it organizes or makes sure that there's a normal heart rhythm, right? Normal respiratory rhythm. Um, and um, it, it, it allows the human being to have an experience of uh, survival. Um, so, and this is pre-rational. So when there's more, you know, when you react out of an instinct and more instinctual behaviors, um, that's more uh, bio. So for example, also, you know how whales, they, they direct uh, or they know where to go by using the energy field or the electromagnetic field of the planet, right? Uh, and bees have a very similar mechanisms, doves or pigeons as well. And that would be an example of the bioenergy. So, you know, they, they use the planet's, how do you say, the planet's functions, like the waters, the winds, the rhythms, the smells, the electromagnetic field to direct themselves or to reproduce or basically to to create right and that's very much the bioenergy um so when you entrain someone uh from now on i'm gonna invite you to have this perspective when you do a bio entrainment so really really imagine when you entrain someone and you make this light contact Imagine how you're impacting the cellular function. You're improving the heart rhythm. You're improving the respiratory rhythm. You're allowing this person to connect with the electromagnetic field of the world, with, you know, with the rhythms, the waterway rhythms, with the winds, the smells of the planet. So that's really how power, it's really, really, really powerful uh energetic intelligence and sometimes we tend to disregard it because oh it's just bio right it's so much more exciting to do transform or awaken but imagine that you're impacting all of this when you're doing a little bio bio entrainment um and it's literally the you can know I, I like to see all these intelligences literally as the building blocks of life uh some are more building blocks of an actual you know physical person some are more building blocks of thoughts or the mind and some are more spiritual building blocks uh, and this is very much building block for our physical being uh, now a little bit when there's not enough energy in bio uh, phil is just coming in all right so when there's not enough energy in bio you will, the person, or maybe you, you will have an experience of that there's a lack of energy um, or like a star, starvation uh, of energy. Um, and you also see that there's ineffective cardiac or like heart rate, ineffective respiratory rhythm. So that's also why the breath wave doesn't go all the way through, right? When there's not enough bio. The passive gets tense um, and you basically get this experience of like a defensive survivor or a pre-rational defensiveness. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, when you see a person, but also when you hear their vocabulary, are they talking very much about, you know, 
tired and fatigued and not even enough energy to do the daily things in in life right that's very much yeah bio bio stuff um so let's move on to emotion and emotion um developmentally it evolves between when the person a kid is born until they start to learn the rules and start to develop a sense of self which is usually around four or five years of age and emotion it really creates instability uh, and what emotion allows for i mean usually with emotion we think about the basic things right like joy anger frustration all of that but the emotional intelligence it really allows us to actually start to build an awareness for our environment so if you imagine a baby right the first thing it does when it comes out of the out of the mom is crying and already from that very first moment this kid is learning how to interact with the environment learning not on a mental level but on a pre-rational level so this is all still reflexes and motor skills so when people talk about you've heard about it before probably like uh, the mirror neurons right where people are copying body language and copying motor uh, motor skills that's very much what the emotional intelligence does so you know a kid is learning how to yeah, basically mimic uh, the parents, uh, both in emotional expression, but also in body language, body movement, uh, to learn how it interact has to interact with the environment. Um, so it's in the emotional intelligence, it's not just about actual emotions, it's also about creating an awareness or learning to create an awareness between me as a person and the environment but also between different people so you know how sometimes when you walk into a room and there's so much tension there you can just palpate it right you know that there's just been a fight before and that's really the emotional intelligence so that allows you the emotional intelligence allows you to feel that tension or that field between different people as well um, so you can imagine if that doesn't appropriately develop, <laughs> you're going to have quite inappropriate emotional responses sometimes, uh, or you won't even pick up this kind of tension. Now, to give a concrete example, um, and there's more and more research coming out to this, uh, imagine what happened during COVID. So people at the daycare centers, they all had to wear a mask right and if this is kids in the period you know from like zero to five where they're developing expression and emotional intelligence uh they don't they they haven't learned that a big part of their day uh they haven't had the ability to use those mirror neurons to learn how to yeah express emotion because it's been covered up so it's going to be very, very interesting. Like they're going to do longitudinal studies. There was one study actually that came out. I think it was a Danish study that has already done a, some research and has found some interesting stuff uh, looking at kids 
that are yeah growing up in that period of time uh, where you know face masks impacted that part of development um so uh, yeah that's going to be very uh, very interesting um so yeah so the emotional system because it's also a muscular system it also uh, regulates posture so the big postural muscles very much uh, impacted by the emotional intelligence uh, and posture in that sense it's for a purpose is uh, more to allow you to express emotion as well and allows you to express and react to the environment through body language and posture um yeah i think that was that was most of it and it also like it's uh, you know like what we said it allows for you know awareness of the environment um, but with that, it also really creates a conditioned response. So, and this is still unconsciously, right? So it allows the kids to have a learned behavior kind of, and in a certain setting or circumstance. And then the next time it will, you know, it will use that same reaction um, because it's learned through mirroring neurons. So you start to, the kid starts to learn conditioning, basically. And a very, very important thing as well is that it links with the immune system. Um, so another bodily function of the emotional intelligence is that it regulates the immune system. So uh, because again, immune system, all it does is scan the environment, see, you know, if there is, uh, well, both like to prepare you for, in like viruses and stuff that are maybe like not so healthy, but also viruses are very much needed. Like if you don't have, you know, certain viruses and bacteria in your body that you actually need to evolve, it will make sure to update its database to say it like that, or the viral database. Um, so uh, yeah, so when there's not enough energy and emotion, uh, you basically have a lack, lack of emotional range um i mean you all have probably seen people come to your clinic or maybe you've experienced it yourself that come in and there's just like no facial expression uh there's no ability to even also recognize how another person is feeling um and that's very much associated with a lack of uh, emotional intelligence or not enough energy in that in that system um and they also really have difficulty in mirroring someone's state as well. So you might notice that these people have a very inappropriate response. Let's say I'm feeling super, super sad. Uh, and then Elena would come in, woohoo, yay! Like the, that would basically also be an indicator that, you know, she's not able to match where I'm at or even actually see not even match is more seeing where I'm at uh, because there's not enough energy in the emotional house so that's also a very important little part um sweet so that's emotion this what we've talked about so far is all pre-rational so everything that's happening so far that we talked about is all unconscious it functions on a level below the brain and it's all more reflexes and 
well, reflexes and just our more our bodily functions as well. So no conscious thought here yet. Uh, only survival and reactor. Reactor is emotional. All right, so now let's move on to the more rational part uh, of our system. Uh, and we can start with the lower mind. So after the kids, you know, has developed emotions and sort of like knows how to react to the environment, what it's going to do now is actually create a sense of self. So when the kid is like, you know, five years old and actually starts to go to school as well, uh, they start to learn all sorts of social skills. Uh, one thing, very important thing, is that they start to learn that I am me and you are you. So they start to create a sense of identity and a sense of self, basically. And with that comes a desire to be part of a group. Uh, it comes because the group also creates safety. So the lower mind is very much also about creating stability. So the same as the bio, actually. But this time it's more creating stability through beliefs, rules, stories, conditioning, concepts, thoughts, uh, social acceptance. So it's more creating stability on a mental level. And the purpose of this stability it's not to die, which, you know, in, in the bio is very much creating stability so you don't die. Here it's creating stability so you don't drop to energy poor. So the function or the goal of the lower mind is always to stay energy neutral. It doesn't want you to go to pre-rational. Um, so, um, if you think about it in that perspective, it also makes sense why so many people excessively think because it doesn't want, it's too scary to experience emotion. So we just, you know, ex experience it through thinking or rationalize it. And that's very much when the lower mind doesn't have too much energy as well. Um, but if it does have energy, it's actually very, very helpful for mental focus on simple tasks and also it allows you to process information unconsciously so the lower mind you know we are getting information into our brain all the freaking time and the lower mind's purpose is really to sort and process all that information uh, without us knowing it or even needing to do anything so when again when there's not enough energy in the lower mind that sort of <laughs> goes out of the window and people start to feel overwhelmed because they can't sort this information that's coming in. Uh, and it's all just like too much and too busy and too overwhelming uh, on a thought level. Um, it's if we look at it, what functions it has in the in the body, um, it's more it, well, it regulates the emotional resources. Um, but it also um, allows for automatic and learned behaviors. So lower mind is literally the autopilot of our, of our body. Uh, and, um, and, you know, it allows you to develop a sense of self. And this, and, oh yeah, and it's uh, very much located in the area of the brainstem. So like the thalamus, like the cortices is more upper mind, 
lower mind to the more level of the brainstem, which makes sense because that's where all automatic behavior uh, kind of like hosts itself. Um, and like a little bit of a comparison as well, which I think was quite helpful, is that in lower mind or when you're functioning only from lower minds, you always have thoughts instead of full presence. And there's more, you're living life by only rules rather than just in a state of flow. And also everything is about concepts and not so much an experience. So you might have noticed, I mean, all of you have done a transform seminar. When we hit the lower mind part of the seminar, everyone wants to know exactly how it's done. Everyone is always asking so many questions. Is it this or is it that? Are we doing the side posture with this hand or do we do it like this, right? Uh, and it's everyone needs to know exactly in a conceptual way what's happening during that entrainment. And that's very typical because we're working with the lower mind. But and that's where the beauty of integrate comes in. And we're going to talk about that later. And so, but just, you know, for you to be aware when you're working with that, you have the tendency to want to think in concepts rather than just allow yourself to experience and go with the flow and see what comes up as you entrain someone. Uh, but yeah, also like, going to invite you when you entrain a person working with lower mind really really see if you can think about it that you're actually working with automatic behaviors you're energizing the mental focus you're energizing you know you're energizing the thoughts uh, which allows this person to operate in a completely different way in the world right Imagine if all of a sudden, because this person now has an energized lower mind, rather than just thinking in concepts, it actually allows the person to experience the environment. Like that's a huge gift that you can give to a person. So that's um, lower minds. Also some characteristics for, for you to imagine if a person is uh, not so energized in lower minds they'll find that there's a lot of mental chatter. You might find that they are a bit pushy uh, or like fighting for wanna be right or winning the argument or fight for dominance almost. Um, and one very important thing is also that they are almost downsizing their lives. So there's no space for creativity or novelty um like and that's really 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 when the man the lower mind doesn't have enough energy so when the person doesn't experience passion creativity novelty adventure instability that's all usually because the, lo the lower mind is hungry and what does it do when it's hungry is bind everything by concepts and yeah structure and rules and uh to create safety uh, and there's also this little bit sense of like hypervigilance. Uh, so it's very similar to survivor, actually a lot of lower mind, but now it plays out on a mental level. So in, you know, survival, there's a hypervigilance for the environment, 
because there's literally you know a sense that you might die whereas in lower mind there's a hyper vigilance as well but this is more linked to your identity and social acceptance so is there's a fear that you're not going to be accepted or there's a fear that you might lose your status or your role or your identity um <clears throat> so that's that's more lower mind everybody with me so far because we're going at quite a quite a pace because uh, i want to make sure that we cover everything but the call is going to be recorded so uh yeah you can always watch it watch it back um all right upper minds now is uh well i don't i shouldn't say this but i was going to say this is where the fun starts but uh, that's not true because all of them are very much fun when they're energized uh, but upper mind is really uh, the first time where we start to go more towards high energy neutral, uh, bordering towards energy rich, actually. Uh, and upper mind developmentally it develops during puberty. Uh, you probably all know this by now after the seminars, but um, it's really when you start to use your higher brain. So it's, it involves bodily, it involves both cortexes, but especially there's now more communication between both sides of the brain. And also upper mind really, really allows for more coherency in the full nervous system. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's more bilateral awareness and that allows for you to hold multiple perspectives. So in lower mind, where it's very much about it's either this or that, or it's right or wrong, or cauliflower or broccoli. You know, when you ask a kid what they want for dinner, you can't ask them yet, like, what do you want for dinner? Or why is this? Like the kid hasn't developed that yet. And that only really happens in upper mind. Um, and it's also important that you kind of follow that as well. So in upper mind, there will be higher quality questions uh, people start to think more in complex models uh, of reality uh, complex models of how the world functions how culture functions they start to see how everything intertwines and interlinks uh, and you th there's a sense of thriving for reorganizational stability and what does this really mean it's it's so it's a bit more creating instability where lower mind is more about creating instability uh, sorry stability right but an upper mind is really wanting to optimize to a higher level of stability and therefore it's you know it requires that you start to reassess your beliefs reassess the models that you've been running your life by uh, and very much also it allows for facilitating teamwork and collaboration and increasing coherency where you know in lower minds usually you're so bound by the ego and you know like your identity in upper minds it's more how can we use everyone's skills so we create an outcome or reach a goal as efficiently and effectively as possible that's very very different energy to it you see that uh so upper mind is also more about uh, yeah so optimizing achieving 
Um, and it kind of like defy, starts to defy the status quo as well, because there's more complex thinking involved. Um, ah, yeah, and one other, there's more conscious choice uh, for interpreting the environment. So we're in reactor, right? Or in emotion, you're interpreting the environment as well, but through the emotional lens. So everything is more about reacting, mimicking someone's behaviors and actions and body language and emotions, uh, but on a pre-rational level. Now it's more actually being consciously aware of your environment and responding in a way that's most appropriate and energy efficient. You see that, you see the difference between the two? Uh, and this is very much also then based, you know, you're responding based on what your map of the world is and your map of reality. And you start to sometimes, if it's very energized and you start to go more towards soul as well, that's when you start to realize also, oh, maybe my map isn't working so well. How can I reorganize my map of the world to respond more appropriately, basically? Uh, now, if the upper mind isn't very energized, uh, life becomes one model or one, yeah, basically one reality, basically. Uh, and the, this part I think is very interesting because it's a bit sneaky, but uh, when there's uh, not enough energy in upper mind, there's literally almost this like mania to want to understand everything. So there's a there's literally a huge desire for enlightenment of the mind, and that's above anything else. And that could even be above other people. So you value the mind more to other people, which can lead to yeah exclusionary exclusionary thinking. Um, and and the other side of the spectrum is that a person actually has challenges with understanding stuff. So uh, if the upper mind isn't very energized, the person yeah, will actually have a lot of trouble with asking questions like, yeah, why do things happen? How can we optimize? Stuff like that. They just don't understand it or they have desire to hyper understand it, right? Um, and yeah, the character that comes to it is the optimizer. So lower minds, very much is, is the thinker. The upper mind is, is the optimizer. And both of them are rational uh, energy or energetic intelligences. All right. Then now we're going to go into post-rational for the first time. And this is also more where we for the first time really go into more of an energy rich or sometimes even super rich state and this is where you have soul but also universal intelligence uh universal we're not going to talk about today um because that's not as much expressed in the body that's more the field uh, but soul is very much expressed uh within the body or well, within and uh, so it's actually more, it allows us to also connect more with the field. And it's the first time where our mind, our spine and our heart actually start to oscillate all together in a very coherent way. Um, so, and so, and these three, they're oscillating together 
and and it allows you to experience a larger experience of yourself uh, but also how you connect with the field around you so it's much more the experience of uh, oneness so you know before it's usually more sense of separation and we're all individuals uh, or we're alone if it's more in you know survivor so is very much experiencing literally experiencing how the field connects all human beings connects us with the planet connects us with nature oh you have to go Malin. see you later uh thank you for joining <laughs> uh so yeah and so it's it's more of a transpersonal and energetic experience and the 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 gift of it is more of an you have a knowing so there's more of a sense of knowing what's true knowing what's real but not from a mental part but more from an energetic experience and uh with that it's also you're more out of the culture because you're beyond the culture beyond the mind but when it's very much energized you're really able to use this knowing to inspire leadership and action as well um so that's when you know it's actually like so quite often we see it as like oh it's love and gratitude and kumbaya and blah blah, blah. but soul is actually a highly unstable very 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 large energy source and when it's used appropriately it can literally yeah it inspires leadership it inspires action and expires inspires you know speaking truth uh and and also love gratitude and uh, those more qualities also community and stuff like that um yeah and one very important thing it's uh, very much about giving and sharing uh your personal gift so it's about knowing your gifts and sharing them with the world and quite often also even inspiring others to know who they are and remember their gifts as well or incarnation um yeah and this and this was post post-rational so again like when you entrain someone and you know you do an upper mind entrainment or you do a bio entrainment really really see if you can focus on what you're actually influencing so you know with an upper mind entrainment you're literally impacting someone's models and maps of the world and this entrainment is gonna allow them to question those models see if they're still appropriate or if they maybe need to reorganize to a different model of the world um and it allows you know for more coherency in the system same for soul maybe you know if soul is not very much energized they don't know what their gift is and if you do a soul entrainment with someone maybe all of a sudden they remember their home they remember their gifts and how to even share it with the world it inspires leadership right so when you're in training please pay attention to that and also when you're doing integrate let's say you do bio integrated with soul right so you're literally working with someone's physical structure their fish like cellular functioning their heart rate their heart uh, their respiratory rhythm right 
And imagine what happens if you were to infuse that with, you know, a, a sense of truth and a sense of like giving and sharing someone's gifts. And what would that do to the survivor, right? If they were more coming from a, from a light of truth perspective, that's a completely different experience. Um, yeah. All right, my uh, Zoom got out, uh, apologies. Um, but yeah, so when doing entrainment, when using integrate, you know, like see if you can broaden, broaden your mind rather than only thinking about uh, the abstract, you know, energy layer that you're in training, like really, really, really see if you can focus on what are you actually impacting in someone's body, thinking, mind, nervous system, their interaction with the world, right? Um, because these are literally, yeah, forces of creation that reorganize life, uh, reorganize human beings, and it's literally, yeah, it allows for evolution. Uh, so what happens if you entrain someone literally thinking that you're impacting evolution? That's quite something different. Um, so, um, yeah, that's it for the intelligences. Um, do you have anything to share? Any questions about what we discussed? Any thoughts, inspiration? Aha moments. Maybe I have a question. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a bit maybe practical in this sense, but yeah. I find it uh, a bit harder to find in the body well where from up from lower mind and up like uh, emotional lower mind and upper mind are confusing when I touch a back and I try to understand which one is which. Right, right. That's a, I mean, that's a very good question. Um, so bio, you know how to palpate for, right? That's very much rigidity in the passive system, in the spine and connective tissue tension. Um, emotion, if, um, yeah, if there is tension or a lack of energy in the emotional system, you feel very much a ropiness in the muscular system. Um, and how I usually palpate this is first the big postural muscles, use only one hand, the big postural muscles by the, by the spine, and also the anterior muscles here. And are they, you know, nice and soft, which would be an energized emotional layer, or are they very, very ropey? Uh, and you can just feel that you know, like literally imagine that this person is, you know, like not responding appropriately with the environment, doesn't know how to mirror emotions. So what's going to happen, it builds up all this emotional energy in their body, creating tension. And uh, so, you know, maybe that helps if you think about it that way. So if you palpate, you know, where are you feeling this emotional bound up in the motor system, in the muscular system? Um, because that's what really happens. If emotion is not as expressed, it doesn't allow it get it gets blocked in the motor motor system. So you don't get the expression through body language or you know large muscle movements. Um, so that's how you feel for the emotional system. Now we go to the heel tension, 
and, and the eversion stress at the ankles. And that's where you feel the lower mind and upper mind. So if you think about that, the lower mind and the upper mind, they're very much more literally creating the nervous system, right? Uh, and, you know, the cortex. So if there's a lot of tension in the lower mind, it will create a, like a global tension or a, a, the adverse mechanical cord tension, right? In, in the nervous system. And that's why when you feel for the like heel tension, it will be very tense there. Now you can have like bound up tension. Uh, so it's like a lot of potential energy there. Uh, and this is the same for any system or there can be a complete depletion of energy, which is more like when there's so little uh, energy there, uh, there's just like nothing. So when you palpate for the heel tension, sometimes it feels like so rigid, you can hardly move the, the heel. And that would be, there's like no energy at all in lower minds. Now, sometimes it's very easy to move through. It's like, oh, this is, this is nice. It's like neutral. There's like, you know, there's energy there, but it's not like exceptional. Uh, and sometimes when you feel there's like tension there, but it's really bouncy. Uh, so it's almost like a little bit like a spring. Like if you were to, you know, take the heel down, it almost springs back up again. And that would be a way to feel there's a lot of potential energy. Um, so then you could probably, you know, for example, you could use that as an integrate. Um, and this is more, you feel it more at the back of the ankle as well. So uh, you feel it more here. Uh, same, but both for a heel tension and eversion, you feel it very much here. For the upper mind, you feel it more here. So, you know, imagine if you were to tape your foot when you have an ankle injury and you tape it like this, that's more how you feel the upper mind. Yeah, it's a bit more here. So when I palpate, it's a bit hard. I always uh, check the heel tension with my fingers like this. So one below the heel, my thumb is on the Achilles and two fingers here. So I can feel the upper mind with these two fingers. And that's how I feel how rigid the front of the foot is. Um, and for upper mind, it's the same thing. Like, does it feel like you can't move the ankle at all? And this would be more the whole ankle, right? Also the talus. Um, or is there, you know, it just feels nice, easy, or is there a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of tension in there? Uh, sorry, like potential tension. Mm -hmm. And then soul, you can feel around the heart. So it's literally like this U shape behind the heart and the lungs kind of. And when you go over that, it's like, you just move your hand like this. And it's like, wow, like when you touch it, you just feel a sense of expansion. And like, I just want to hang out here all day, basically. And that's more, that's more the soul. One more thing, just to really write it down properly. Eversion is still heel tension. So eversion in itself is still lower mind. Yeah. If it's more at the back. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Nice.
Anything else, Phil? Do you have any questions? I don't know if you're in the clinic or if you're at work or something. Uh, if you're even able to talk, I don't know. If not, then uh, we're gonna round it up. And then I'm, yeah, curious. Uh, I mean, I'd love some feedback um, on these kind of Zooms because this is also fairly new for me. This is, I think, the third time. Um, and also if you have any ideas for, or you want a topic to be covered, just write it in the group. Uh, you can use the group anyways also for, you know, like uh, asking any questions. There's a lot of people in there now, so we can, uh, we can help out. And uh, I just spoke to Lars. Uh, he was working before I came in and uh, he's like, oh, I would love to uh, be a guest speaker on the next call or call after. So I'll write it in the group as well. But uh, when Lars is on there, like, yeah, if you have any topics that you really like, would like to be covered by Lars, just post it in the group. Uh, and then uh, we can use that opportunity with the master being here also. Uh, so, yeah. Sweet. All righto. Then uh, thank you for joining. Thank you for organizing yeah. it. No worries. Uh, happy to support you in your journey. <laughs> I know how like fucking complicated and hard network is, uh, especially if you're not really, you know, have a lot of people around that can help you or support you or you have to practice with or even just to, you know, talk things through um it's really 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 hard so uh that's really what yeah i want to create with these talks and the whatsapp group as well just to have a bit more of a community to ask ask questions and inspire each other that's beautiful energizing yeah it's <laughs> definitely <laughs> all right have a great weekend and uh see you at the next one we'll be in two weeks time Okay. Sweet. Okay. See you in two weeks. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. Yeah.